Hey, this is Shelly Zan, and this is the Impact Over Influence podcast. I hope that you receive whatever it is that God has for you today. Okay, now that our Devoted series is over with, I hope that all of you guys had a chance to listen to that. But today's episode, we're going to just kick off something different. These next few weeks are just going to be things that God's really laid on my heart, and they're messages that I don't feel like are just uh, for me. I want them to also come through me. Because these are real life things that I know I can't be the only one going through. And so I pray that today encourages you because what we're going to be talking about today is the fact that he brought us here. You know, we want to, whenever we're on the mountaintop, it's easy for us to be like, God gets all the glory. But then if we're led into something that might be a valley or a hardship, it's kind of hard to be like, why are we here? What are we doing here? And so um, just that perseverance that we've been talking about through the book of James is something that we have to realize is a real thing. And so I'm going to be reading today out of the Gospels. We're going to be reading about the, a storm that the disciples went through, but they were actually sent into it and kind of what that looks like. But uh, And just the action that has to come before our faith. You know, I think that we all, we don't understand that, that we have a part to play, right? As the Holy Spirit draws us to Jesus, then we take the action to put our trust and faith in Him as our Savior, as our Lord. But the action that is required, that way faith can be shown, right? It goes hand in hand. And so it makes me think about my, my children. Um, we're coming up into summer, you know, so everybody's getting ready for the pool. And we have two kids. One of them is totally fearless. Doesn't, if the faster it can go, I mean, she has no kind of regard. She is just 90 miles an hour. I mean, even though her personality is very timid, when it comes to action, she is not timid at all, whereas my son is very vivacious. He's very outgoing, right? He's just a spirited kid, but when it comes to doing things, he's very, very hesitant, right? And so whenever he was little, we actually put him in swimming lessons. I would take him. I took him two summers in a row, and the first time, I think he was only like two years old, maybe even younger than that. Um, but I just remember then when COVID hit, that year, we didn't do any swimming lessons. So it's kind of like everything that he learned— got put to the back burner. We didn't really go anywhere much that summer. And so then whenever it came time to swim, it was almost like he was behind. And so because he is timid, he just wanted to stay in the shallow, right? Like he wasn't jumping in. If he was swimming any anywhere he couldn't touch, he's like death grip on the side of the pool, you know? And we'd be like, Mav, you know, just let go, bud. Jump in. We're going to catch you. We're here. He was just not having it, not having it until one day, he actually took the action to jump in the water. And then he comes up and we're grabbing him and we're cheering. And he's just like, okay, like I did that. I didn't drown. I didn't die. And like whatever his fear was, he understood like, okay, I came over that. So then what do you think he wanted to do? He wanted to do it again. He wanted to do it again. And then now, obviously he's eight years old and he loves to swim and he's a great swimmer. But it makes me, whenever I was thinking about this action that has to be first in order to have faith in something, he had to take action and jump in the pool before he had faith that he would not sink to the bottom, before he had faith that he wasn't going to be stressed out and, and alone and something bad was going to happen, but he had to take action to even see if that was possible, right? He had to jump out of the nest. So let's talk about that with us, okay? Today we're going to be talking in, I'm going to be reading first out of Matthew with this exact same story. Also, I'm going to read out the Gospel of John because John has a really, really important detail. So if you are reading along today, if you want to write down the scripture, Matthew 14, I'm going to start in 22. But it's talking about a storm. Jesus actually sends them into a storm. So before we talk about this storm, I want to talk about storms of any kind of storm. 
Storms through scripture, right? Storms that we have. Storms have two different purposes. One is for discipline and correction. One is for perfection. Okay, to how, how do you know? So when we talk about the storm that, that Jonah went, right? Like when Jonah, he, he was asked by God to do something. He was asked to go preach against wickedness. And he's like, no, I'm not going to Nineveh, right? If you don't know that story, go read it. But I think about that. When Jonah, the purpose of that was that Jonah would be corrected and disciplined. That way he would wake up and realize, hold up, I do need to do what the Lord says. And then the storm, the storm that we're going to talk about today it has another purpose. It's a purpose to grow us, a purpose to perfect us. And so we could think like, why would why would God lead us into something that is going to scare us? Why? So that he can show up and build our faith. That's what we're going to be talking about. So you may ask yourself, maybe you're in a storm right now. You know what? Like, how do I know? How do I know that this trial I'm going through, if God's sending me here to show me something, show me who he is to build and increase my faith? Or is this a consequence for something that I've already done to myself? How you know is if you are living in God's will. Are you deliberately doing something that God's telling you not to do? Then that means this storm is probably the same as Jonah's. If it's not, then ask God and pray about what the purpose of it is, okay? Because it might be to perfect something in you. And so things that we've kind of gone through recently have kind of felt like a storm to me, honestly. It's felt very unsettling. And so I just want to bring this to a word to encourage you, because whenever I read it and the Lord gave it to me, I was just like, this is so spot on. You know, we want to rush out of trying seasons instead of being like, wow, this is really purifying me. It's really showing me something. And so these scriptures just came alive whenever I was studying all this. You know, God's power is just that. Like, it is power that is unmatched. There's none like it. And it's also unpredictable. God's power doesn't always show up in the way that we think that it will. God's power doesn't always show up in the people that we think that it will. God's power doesn't always show up in the time that we think that it's supposed to. Maybe we think it's too early. Maybe we think it's too late. But that's why, I mean, he tells us in Scripture, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. But his power is unmatched. There's nothing that you can do, and there's nothing that the enemy can do that could even come close to the power that God Almighty has. And so, with that being said, the, God's power and His sovereignty is not going to be welcomed and accepted by everybody. It's just not. We want that, but it's not. But the thing is, is if you are allowing your faith to be increased only by increasing others around you, you miss the mark. Because what may be for you is not for someone else. What might God be, may be saying to you, He may not be saying to somebody else. And so you can't always look around for that edification through another person. Even if it's someone that you know is godly and spiritual and trying to be righteous, but you can't doubt that because it may not be a work that he's doing in them. That storm, they may not be in the boat with you like we're going to read about the disciples today. So don't let that discourage you when you're going through something. If somebody else doesn't, they're not going through it, okay? God's trying to perfect you. He's trying to increase your faith. And sometimes we want that camaraderie and sometimes we get it. But just because you don't, don't let the enemy pollute it. Don't let him distract you. Don't let him make you feel defeated like God has abandoned you or like God has separated himself from you because that's what the enemy was telling me. You know what? You've been thinking you've been trying to do right, but where's God now? Why do you feel he's so distant from you? You've really done something. And so here I am literally living in a state of punishment. I think just confused when God's like, nah, 
we got purpose here. We have purpose here. So what I've learned throughout these past few weeks is that when God leads me into a storm, it's for a reason. So I pray that throughout this episode, if you're reflecting on anything in your own life, I pray that you realize that it's for a reason too. So Matthew 14, 22, this particular incident, everything that the disciples are going through right here, little backstory, they're coming off of a lot of miracles, right? So the miracle that Jesus performed right before they are sent here into this storm was the feeding of the 5,000, okay? You remember he takes the few loaves, the few fish, and he feeds 5,000 men. That's not counting women and children. So you got to think about the hype, right? Like, they're looking around like, did y'all see that? Wow. Wow. So just just to get, get set the scene there, okay? So literally when this scripture says, I'm going to start reading 22, it says immediately, like right then, as soon as all this miracle was performed, he immediately sent the disciples into a boat to go travel to leave and get out of there. So... 22, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. When he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already considerably distanced from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Two things we're going to point out here as we uncover these scriptures, okay? Number one is he immediately sent them. And I'm going to read you in John why he had to immediately send them. But before I do that, I want you to see that after he dismissed them, he went to go be alone. After we have big events in our lives, after we have, I don't care if it's to do with ministry, to do with marriage, to do with any kind of big moment, we need to be alone with God to process it. If Jesus did that, to me, that's if we're supposed to be living as disciples of him, him teaching us how to do it, he does this throughout scripture all the time. He goes after something, he's like, hold up, I need to go be alone with God real quick and pray. And I pray that you do also, and myself. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that um, the boat had already gotten a considerable distance away, okay? So he sends the disciples off, and the, the waves are hitting it, and it is going, okay? It is going away. So now let me uncover why he sends them off so immediately. It's going to be in John 6. 614, after the people saw the sign that Jesus performed, they began to say, okay, after they had seen that he just fed all these people, they're like, wow. After that, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, he withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Okay, now do you see the urgency of why he's like, I got to get my boys out of here. Because he knows that the crowd is starting to say, hey, this is him. Let's make him king. Let's give him authority. He, The fame, whatever you have it. They wanted to force him then to be king based off of what they just saw. Don't you think the disciples would have been like, let's go. Like, they're seeing who you are. Now you're getting the power and authority that you deserve, Jesus. But what does he do? He's like, I don't want them to know what they're trying to do because they need, they need to get out of here. Because he knew that it was not God's will for him to be king. He knew that that was not a part of God's will. So instead of Jesus taking on fame and all that inheritance that was going to come from these people seeing the signs and wonders of him as the Messiah, instead, he flees to the mountain and he sends his boys off. 
Jesus sent them into a storm because that was God's will, not him being famous. Do you understand that? But like we as people were like, oh yeah, the bigger the better. Let's elevate. Let's go. Let's grow. Let's do all the things. Let's have these achievements with a God tag on it. All in turn, God may be saying, this isn't a part of my will. It looks really good, but it's not a part of my will. My will is to send you into the storm so that now I can perfect your faith of, do you really trust me? Do you really love me? Are you really devoted to me? They just saw the sign and wonder you would have think that that would have been enough, but he sends them into a storm so that he can be intimate with them and he can perfect the true faith. Do you have faith in me or do you just see my signs and my wonders? That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. So I've been blessed in this past year. May is our anniversary of impact. I'm just in awe of that in itself. And I think like, man, we, I've gotten to see some stuff, y'all, that I'm so undeserving. I mean, nothing like feeding to the 5,000, but you know what? It's the same God doing the same miracles. And I think like, man, Lord, sometimes I look and I'm like, man, I thought we were past that, but now I feel like I'm isolated with you. And he's like, yeah, because I'm still perfecting you. You see, this storm, Shelly, is meant to produce something in your faith, not just your faith being increased by my signs and wonders. So if that speaks to you, I pray that you hold on that and you receive that. I'm, I'm just going to keep reading. Okay, so now we got it to where the boat is now considerably far from the land. Okay, 25. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, that's another immediately, like this, our Savior is urgent, y'all. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Okay, shortly before dawn, it's still dark. Jesus makes his way to them, and he does it while it's still dark. You see, their vision was tainted. They couldn't see clear that it was him and his purpose. They couldn't make out that it was who they really trusted, okay? He did that that time. I, I, that so stood out to me like he chose to do it while they couldn't see clearly. Why? Because whenever the world fogs your vision up, you can't see clearly either. That's why it takes so much focus to know if God's hand is in something. So they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. I want for you to remember that word fear. Because the minute that things get cloudy in our lives, what do we do? get scared. We get scared. Even if Jesus wasn't with them, they knew Jesus told them to go. They just saw the signs and wonders, right? They know that they were in his will because why? They did what he said. Remember Jonah? His storm was totally different because he didn't do what God said. But you see, they did. They did what God said. God said, hey, Whatever he's telling you right now in your life, hey, I need you to do this. I want you to do this and you're doing it. Then that means your storm is God's will. He's permitting it. He's going to produce something in you through it. Storms are not always bad. If you get nothing else out of today's episode, please understand that storms are not always bad. If you are trying to do right if you are seeking God's will every day, if you are dying to your old ways every day, 
then you should understand that your storm is not a sense of punishment. It's a sense of perfection. So Jesus says in 27, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I do not be afraid. He spoke to their fear first. He speaks to what the enemy is pouring into our heads first. They said they cried out in fear. He speaks courage. Courage and fear are opposite, right? I love that our God does that. He's like, you know what? The enemy's giving you fear, but I'm giving you courage. Take courage. It is I. It is I. He knew their voice. He knew their voice. Don't be afraid. 28 says, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, y'all always know it's going to be Peter, right? Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. You see, Peter knew what Jesus was capable of. Peter knew that he was capable. Peter knew that if Jesus says this, then I know it's really him and I know it's going to be okay, right? If God's laying a calling on your life, if he's laying for you to apologize to somebody, if he's laying on you to take a leap of faith in a new job, if he's laying on you to start giving more to your church, I mean, what, whatever it is, whatever command he's asking you to do, that, that's what that is. Peter's like, okay, you tell me to do it and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. That means I know that it's you, Lord. In 29, Jesus says, come. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water and came toward Jesus. Man, okay, I'm doing the thing. I asked you to show up, Jesus, and you did. I obeyed you and stepped out of the boat. You think everything's going good, right? Now we got miracles on miracles. Now I know that it's Jesus coming after us. But listen to this in verse 30. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. So this is where I plug my own self into this story, into these scriptures. You know, many Christians can doubt and we can falter when our lives aren't smooth sailing, right? (laughs) We think, man, we're out of the boat. We're walking on water. You told us to come and we're coming, Lord. And we think our lives are supposed to be full of good health and prosperity and all the things. But I'm going to tell you in John 16, 33. I'm going to read it. I, I was going to paraphrase it, but it's too it's too good. It's his word, right? 1633. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. You see, God's promises are yes and amen, and we know that. And Jesus gives us his peace. But he also says the world is going to give you trouble. Just because you have me and you have the perfection in your faith that I give you and the peace that surpasses all understanding that I give you, Philippians 4, 7, you know, we have these things, but you need to know there's still going to be trouble in life. But take heart, I've already overcome that trouble too. Because one day we get to be with him in eternity in a place where there is no sorrow, there is no shedding of tears, there is no You know what I'm saying? That's the reward. But here on earth, we're still going to have trouble. So as Christians, when we start getting this trouble, we're like, hold up, hold up. And I did just what Peter did. I started looking around and I saw the wind. And what did I do? I got scared. And when you allow the enemy to create fear and doubt over you, over your calling, over your life, over what God's doing for you, you take your eyes off him. And the minute that that Peter started putting more 
was more aware of the wind he took because he took his eyes off Jesus, that's when he started to sink. And that's when you will start to sink and that's when I will start to sink. Why do we do that? And you know what? Our king knows us. He knows. And I just think like, Lord, you calm the storm. That's another thing I want to point out. In Matthew 8, we're in Matthew 14. If you would go read for yourself in Matthew 8, there was another storm that the disciples were in, in the boat, but you see Jesus was in the boat with them then. So they had already gone through something similar, except this time Jesus wasn't in the boat with them. Instead, he was standing on the water. They had already they had already seen this. They already know that the wind obeys him. So when Peter's looking at the wind and the wind starts to scare him, he already knows, he's already seen proof that even the wind obeys what Jesus says. But it's because he took his eyes off of Jesus that he was even aware of the wind. If we would live our lives seeking first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6, 33, right? If we would seek first the kingdom of God and keep our eyes focused on that, we're unaware of the wind. We're unaware of the people trashing us. We're unaware of the doubt that the enemy's throwing out of us. You see, we're unaware. Why? Because our eyes are set on the perfect one. But here's the redemption to the story for Peter, for me, and for you. He was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Can we all do what Peter did and just cry out, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. And then immediately, this is the third time we've, we've seen this word. That's big to me. And 31, immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? If you know Jesus is asking you to step out of the boat, if you know that you're then standing on something you should have never stood on, this is not the plan that you had for yourself. You had, did not, you had no provision to be able to obtain it. You know that you're standing on something only because of Jesus Christ. Don't take your eyes off him. But if you do, you cry out to him and he will reach down and he will pick you up. And you know what he says? You of little faith. He said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those that were in the boat worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. You know, I just, we know that, um, Jesus comes to them. Jesus might have sent them into the storm, but you know what? He didn't let them stay there by themselves, and he's not going to let you stay by yourself either. And I got a scripture that I'm going to read real quick just to assure you of that. It's in the Old Testament, Isaiah 43, 2. Oh, I love this verse, especially pertaining to this particular story. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Like when you pass through those waters, I'm going to be there. I might have sent you into that storm, but I'm coming. And when I'm coming, you can call on me and I'm going to reach down. And you know what? The same waters that are meant to drown us, Jesus is standing on. 
the same waters that are trying to pull you under and the same wind that's trying to beat you up, Jesus speaks to it. And he stands on that water and he will lift you up and he will save you once again. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that is capable and unpredictable and unmatched. Because y'all, he shows up in ways and he's working in other people that you're not even aware of. And he wants it to be that way. Why? Because he wants for you to focus on him and not their assurance necessarily of others. I've never seen that so much than in my life lately. Then I'm looking around like, do you, do you, do you? What? Instead, he's like, I do. Is that, is that not enough? Because I'm the only one that's capable of pulling you out of it anyways. And I asked you to do this. I asked you to go into this storm, and you did. I asked you to come out of the water and come to me, and you did. Don't be shaken now. Don't start doubting now. But it took Peter's action to get out of the boat before he would sink, before Jesus then would bring him back up. That's the action we're going to capitalize on right now. Peter had to take action. People were like, man, he was really bold saying, Jesus, if it's you, come to me. But Peter took action. And he knew that if it was really Jesus, he would do something miraculous. He knew that much about Jesus. But if he never stepped out of the boat, would he have really gotten to see the miracle that actually built up his faith? If Jesus says, you have little faith, I guarantee you that Peter's faith was a lot different at the end of this than it was at the beginning. So let's unpack that in 14, 29 through 31. So Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water and come, Jesus told him. The action that enabled his faith started there. And when faith increases, doubt has to decrease. But then doubt came back in whenever he saw the wind, right? So this is how this all played out. God may lead you into a storm, a valley, a hardship, a trial, but it's not meant to defeat you. It's meant to produce something in you because the faith that Peter had increased that day, all because he was sent into a storm that was more a part of God's will than the fame that was going to come from feeding the 5,000 would. Do not let your circumstance or what's going on around you make you doubt your security in Christ. Your security in Christ is a no matter what kind of faith. It's a no matter what kind of security. I thought that I would be here, but now I'm here. I don't see why God's not capitalizing on that, but I'll sit where I am. You see what I'm saying? Just because things don't look so good around you does not mean that God is not still good. Seek him. Pray about it. Don't let it shake you. Because only in that storm, only by Peter getting down the boat, only by him seeking, sinking in the water, only by that going down could God's power be displayed. If they would have never gone into the storm, would Jesus had to walk on water? If Jesus would have never walked on water, would Peter have gotten out of the boat? If Peter would have never gotten out of the boat, would he have sank? If he wouldn't have sank, would Jesus have reached down and caught him? You see what I'm saying? It's all a part of God's plan. 
It's all a part of God perfecting you. It's all a part of your faith increasing because you're going to remember, you know what? When I went through that, this is how God showed up. And now I'm going to depend on that. And just like Maverick jumping in that pool and knowing he wasn't going to sink, now the next time I jump, I know I'm not going to either. But it takes doing something courageous and letting go of our fear to be able to see these things come to pass. That's what God's trying to do in every single one of us. So I want to end with three questions. We haven't done that in a while, but man, I just feel like that reflection to know how has this podcast impacted me. That's the point of impact over influence. So I'm going to get back to that today. The first one is, are you in a storm right now? If you say yes to that, maybe you don't even know, maybe just by this podcast, you realize, yeah, I guess I kind of am in a storm. I just didn't really think I was. Ask yourself these two things. Is this storm a sense of discipline because I'm not doing what God's asking me to do? I'm living in, in a correction and a consequence. Or is this storm, do I know that this is a part of God's plan for me? He's wanting to produce something in me because I know that I'm doing my best in my flesh to be righteous with God, to be right with Him. What, what is going on here? What's the purpose of it? The second one is, are you taking action to get out of the boat? Have you asked God for something? And God given you a command. That's how you know that now the action is on you. Because that's what Peter did. He said, Lord, if it's you, God, if you're in this plan, God, if you want me to change jobs, God, if you want me to marry this person, God, if you want for me to adopt this child, whatever it is, God, if you're wanting me to do this, and he says, yes, now it's your turn. But just because something you come up against a speed bump or a roadblock. Don't look around at like it's the wind and be like, oh, never mind. God wasn't in this because it's not smooth. Well, I pray that it is. And you know what? God does. He opens doors no man can shut. But just because it, it gets a little rocky doesn't mean I'm supposed to quit doing a podcast. Doesn't mean, mean I'm supposed to quit serving God. Doesn't mean I'm supposed to, you know what I'm saying? It, it may just be a storm that I was led into. And that's okay. That's okay because my security in him cannot be based off of my circumstances in my life. So the third one, if he's asking you to get out of the boat, get out of the boat, take a step. Okay. Keep your eyes on him. Then you won't sink. And the last question is this. Have you started to sink? Have you looked around at, to your left and to your right? Have you seen evidence of the wind? Are you being dismayed? Are you starting to doubt him, doubt his purpose, doubt his sovereignty and his goodness? If you're starting to sink, then I want to remind you that his hand is reaching out. His hand is right there to catch you and pull you back up. And then your faith will be increased. And I pray that yours is. I pray in abundance of blessings over you. I pray that this episode meant something to you. I pray that it encouraged you to know that sometimes life just not isn't peachy and butterflies because we're following the Lord. And that's okay. We've got this book right here that proves that there's many people that went through things and that we will go through troubles here on earth. But you know what? God is good and his kingdom is coming because it's in us. And he wants the best for us and he loves us. And he wants for us to do two things, love him with all of our heart and love one another. I pray that your day is blessed and I'll see you next week. <music>